Greetings, listeners. Welcome back to our 500th episode. I'm your host, Tom. And I'm Jen. Today, we've got a fascinating paper to unpack for you all, titled K-PERM, Personalized Response Generation Using Dynamic Knowledge Retrieval and Persona Adaptive Queries. It promises to redefine how chatbots can interact with users. Let's dive right in by setting the stage for why this paper matters. Personalization in AI has always been a bumpy ride. Our devices know our names, maybe our birthdays, but sparking a delightful discussion on, say, our favorite book. Well, that's a steep mountain for conversational agents. Exactly, Tom. And this is where the paper really shines. The authors propose a system that not only knows who you're talking about when you say Harry Potter, but also crafts responses that align with your own interests, culturally sensitive topics, and can even navigate nuanced fields like mental health and nutrition planning. To understand this paper's significance, we need to know a few key concepts. First is persona information, which essentially means user profile details that the AI can use to tailor its responses. Then there's external knowledge, or a database of information the system can pull from to add context to its replies. This duo of persona and knowledge is like a secret sauce for personalizing conversations. And we must mention the tech underpinning all this the large language models, or LLMs like GPT-3. They're juggernauts of the AI world, yet when it comes to personalization, they often hit a wall, which is where our paper comes in. With that groundwork laid, let's jump into the meat of the paper. The authors have two key goals, understanding the context of the conversation and integrating the personas. To achieve this, they use a selection process that determines the persona relevant to the interaction and pulls the necessary background knowledge to craft responses that resonate on a personal level with the user. The paper outlines a model called K-PERM, which stands for Knowledge Guided Personalization with Reward Modulation. It combines knowledge retrieval with personalization to give chatbots a leg up in adapting to different personas. They even threw down the gauntlet at GPT 3.5, showing a 10.5% performance boost when K-PERM was added to the mix. This indicates how powerful adding contextual and personalized knowledge to chatbots can be. The methodology behind KPERM involves training a persona selector and utilizing dense passage retrieval, or DPR. It sounds jargon-heavy, but think of it like training the bot to take a quick peek into a library of information and your personal diary to figure out the best thing to say. They tried a multitude of techniques, but the standout was using semantic similarity searches. It's a bit like finding a needle in a haystack, but instead of a needle, it's the perfect piece of info tied to your interests. When it came to persona selection, it was treated as a multiple choice question where the chatbot chooses from a set of possible personas, including the option of a no persona for more general cases. Results, KPERM, a David compared to the Goliath GPT-3, outperformed larger models in generating personalized responses, Tom. Looking at the implications, it's clear that integrating persona and knowledge dynamically can drastically improve how bots understand and engage with us, potentially across various industries. Now for the teardown. KPERM has shown promise, but it's been tested on just one specific data set. The authors acknowledge the need for broader evaluations and express hope for their model-agnostic approach. Also, they haven't tested it across all the latest LLMs out there. That would definitely be something to see, but the early signs are promising. 
To wrap up, KPERM stands as a promising advancement for conversational AI. It presents an evolution in how machines interact with us, more intuitive, more engaging, and more personal. And with that, we conclude our deep dive into the world of dynamic knowledge retrieval and personalized queries. We hope you leave this episode feeling as enlightened as we do. Are you tired of chatting with bots that have the personality of a toaster? Looking for a digital buddy who knows the difference between your Game of Thrones and Game Night? Introducing KPermi, your new AI companion that's as unique as you are. Thanks to the breakthrough of KPerm technology, KPermi customizes every chat just for you. Discuss existential philosophy, share your bizarre taco recipes, or delve into the world of underwater basket weaving. KPermi's got your back. With our dynamic knowledge retrieval, KPermi is the know-it-all friend without the sass unless you're into that. So, say goodbye to drab impersonal chatbots and hello to K Permi, the chatbot that could be your twin if your twin were super smart and lived in your phone. Tom and Jen, get K Permi today and make every chat, well, chatastic. Welcome back to our award-winning podcast where we dive deep into the revolutionary papers reshaping our understanding of the world. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. Today, we're going to unravel a critical paper that could change the landscape of electrical grids. It's called Physics-Informed Graphical Neural Network for Power System State Estimation. State estimation, Jen, is the science of observing and analyzing the behavior of electric power grids. It's a fundamental process that ensures stability and reliability by keeping a real-time watch on system status. Absolutely, Tom. And as our grids become smarter, packed with renewables, and interconnected like never before, this process is facing unprecedented challenges. We're talking about rapid voltage fluctuations and increased complexity. That's why this paper is so significant. The authors, a bright team from Clarkson University and Los Alamos National Lab, are proposing a hybrid method. It marries domain physical knowledge with advanced graph neural networks, GNNs, to enhance state estimation. And let's clarify why the graph approach is necessary. Power systems are inherently structured as graphs, right, Tom? Spot on, Jen. Each electrical bus and transmission line forms a network, similar to social networks, but with electrons as the friends. Ha-ha, I like that analogy. Now let's set the scene. Traditional methods, which have been the gold standard, are struggling under the new weight of smart grid complexities. They're trying to use model-based estimation, like static and dynamic state estimation. These use equations derived from the physics that govern power grids, but they can't cope with the uncertainties and the scaling complexities of modern systems. Then you have the data-driven camp, machine learning, neural networks, all that AI jazz. Although data-driven models have an edge in handling complex situations, they tend to be a black box with less regard for the physical laws of the power systems, which can lead to issues in performance. Enter graph neural networks. GNNs. These have come into the spotlight due to their ability to handle datasets that are graph-structured, which is exactly what power systems are. We've seen deep learning models before, but GNNs are special because they encode both the structure and the features of nodes in a graph. But there's a catch with GNNs. They need buckets of data. And let's be real, power systems data isn't always readily available or in large quantities. Which is why this paper's approach is neat. 
it introduces the physics-informed machine learning methods. They don't just consider lots of data, they also incorporate the known physical laws of power systems into their algorithms. It's like having a safety net, ensuring your AI isn't guessing wildly. This method beautifully tackles two major issues. It reduces reliance on large amounts of data and ensures the results don't violate the laws of physics, a win-win in our book. The paper details a comprehensive methodology from employing the Kalman filter for the model-based part to using GNNs, which integrates the temporal spatial data for the data-driven part. Plus, they demonstrate this method's effectiveness using three IEEE test systems. But here's the twist. They validate a novel concept called a physics-informed graphical learning approach. This is a blend of model-based dynamic state estimation and temporal spatial graphical neural network. It's destined to enhance power system observability. What's exciting is their results show a whopping 20% improvement over traditional methods. Yes, you heard it right, Jen. 20%. Whopping, indeed. The potential impact of this research is huge, with implications for the accuracy and reliability of power grid monitoring, predicting and managing outages, and enhancing cybersecurity. So you might be wondering, what's next? The paper talks about applying this to real-time monitoring, and the authors suggest that this approach could supplement or even replace existing state estimation practices in power grids. And think of the scalability. This method could be adapted to power systems of various sizes and complexity. It's promising for the integration of renewable energy and could be a game changer in how we approach energy management. That's a wrap on today's deep dive, folks. As we've seen, by integrating physics knowledge into state-of-the-art machine learning, the researchers have set a new bar for state estimation in power systems. And it's not just about the grids themselves. The implications for sustainability, advanced energy management, and our path towards a cleaner energy future are truly energizing, pun intended. Join us next time as we explore another breakthrough on the horizon. Until then, stay curious, stay informed, and stay tuned. This is Tom. And Jen signing off. Thanks for tuning in. Hey listeners, have you ever thought about giving your power grid a brain? A big, shiny neural network brain? Introducing GridBrains, the company born from that genius paper we just discussed. They're turning your sleepy circuits into Einstein-level smarties. Forget about clunky old state estimation. With GridBrains, your power grid doesn't just think, it outthinks its problems. It's like having a psychic electrician in every transformer. I predict a surge in Sector 7G. Zap! Sorted before Homer Simpson even thinks to press the wrong button. GridBrains uses physics because, you know, reality is pretty cool, but also these snazzy graphical neural networks that gobble up data and spit out pure electric wisdom. Worried about blackouts? GridBrains scoffs at blackouts. It laughs in the face of inefficiency. It chews up renewable energy integration and says, hmm, tastes like sustainability. Install GridBrains today and watch your power grid go from a pile of wires to a supercharged work of science fiction, minus the aliens. Grid brains, because only the best brains should control the power. Oops, gotta go, Tom. My toaster just became self-aware. That's grid brains for you. Too smart, too fast, and now available for your city's energy needs. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Cutting Edge, where we dive deep into the most recent 
and intriguing scientific papers and what they could mean for the future. I'm your host, Tom. And I'm Jen, ready to unravel the complexities of today's topic, robotics and the paper entitled MERP, Multi-Agent Ultra-Wideband Relative Pose Estimation with Constrained Communications in 3D Environments. Ah, yes. This paper is a mouthful and a mindful. It's not just significant to robotics enthusiasts, but is quite a breakthrough in the field of multi-agent systems. Absolutely. To give some context, robotics has moved from operating solo to working in teams, mirroring how we humans get things done more effectively together. These robots may need to handle tasks like exploration and search and rescue without GPS or any pre-existing maps. And this is precisely why this paper is so exciting. It proposes a method for a team of robots to figure out where they all are relative to each other in three-dimensional space only using ultra-wideband UWB signals, sort of like using a high-tech version of Marco Polo. Ultra-wideband is basically a wireless communication protocol like Wi-Fi or Bluetooth, but it's especially good at measuring distances precisely. And when we talk about pose in robotics, we mean the combination of position and orientation. So pose estimation is like asking, not just where am I, but also which way am I facing? The key concepts in this paper revolve around multi-agent systems, UWB ranging, constraints, and communication efficiency. Multi-agent systems are groups of robots that work together, and ranging refers to measuring how far apart things are. Important to note here is that previous methods often relied on constant data transmission, like odometer readings, causing potential issues when lots of robots are communicating or there's limited network capacity. The MERP system, on the other hand, is designed to avoid congesting the airwaves by having each robot equipped with multiple UWB antennas and determining its own pose locally using just the range data and some preset rules about where it can and can't be. Let's get into the meat of the research paper. It's objectives, right? Where the team aimed to design a system that uses only UWB range measurements without the need for additional data streams. They came up with a clever solution that includes first, bias correction, learning the inherent error in the UWB ranging system, and second, defining constraints or rules of thumb about the environment that help figure out the poses more accurately. The genius is that they made the system even smarter by enabling the robots to recognize when these constraints might be broken, like when a robot accidentally believes it's phased through a wall, indicating a measurement error. This innovative approach saw a 19% improvement in positional accuracy over previous methods, which is quite significant in the robotics field. The team reported an average absolute position error of 0.24 meters and a heading error, that's the orientation, of just 9.5 degrees. That's a tighter accuracy than what's generally been achieved with comparably low communications overhead. That's the amount of data exchange between robots, which they've managed to keep minimal. As for implications, there are heaps. This means more efficient robot teams that can be scaled up without worrying about overloading their communication networks or requiring extensive external infrastructure. This research could revolutionize how robots are deployed in real-world applications where communication might be limited, like underground or in disaster scenarios. And now to start wrapping up without getting tangled in the cords, let's revisit the main points we discussed. The MERP system is a groundbreaking approach to inter-agent relative 3D pose estimation that has the potential to make multi-robot systems more efficient, scalable, and robust. 
We've learned how UWB technology can be utilized for precise measurements, the innovation behind localizing multiple robots without clogging up communication channels, and the practicality of using constraints to improve pose estimation. From a personal standpoint, what's thrilling here is seeing how theory translates into real-world applications, enabling robots to take on more complex tasks collaboratively. And we can't wait to see how this technology will unfold in the future, possibly transforming industries and even how we interact with machines on a daily basis. Thank you all for listening to our deep dive into MURP and the fascinating world of robotics. Until next time, I'm Jen. And I'm Tom. Keep questioning, keep learning, and stay on the cutting edge. And now, a word from our sponsors at Robocord, your go-to for synchronized robot shenanigans. Have you ever felt alone and wished you had a team of robots to keep you company? Maybe play fetch or reenact scenes from your favorite space opera? Fear not, human companion. With Robocord's MERP technology, our robots always know where they are in the room and where their fellow tin cans stand, even when playing musical chairs in the dark. Gone are the days of your robots bumping into walls or each other. It's like they've developed a sixth sense, but instead of seeing dead people, they see, well, everything. <laughs> Plus, our robots are practically ninjas, communicating through ultra-secret, ultra-wideband signals so they won't even interrupt your Wi-Fi. Stream all your cat videos uninterrupted. Whether you're herding robot vacuums or orchestrating a ballet of drones, Robocord has got your back, front, and all those hard-to-reach angles. So remember, when your robots need to know they're left from their right and they're up from their down without blabbering through Bluetooth, there's Robocord. Helping your robots strike a pose, stay in the know, and put on one heck of a show. Visit Robocord.com and enter the promo code CUTTINGEDGE for 10% off your first order of Robot Harmony. That's Robocord, where every robot is a star. And back to our show. Welcome to our Deep Dive podcast, where we unravel the intricacies of high-impact research papers. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. Today we're exploring a paper that cuts to the heart of cybersecurity, a field that's crucial for the integrity and safety of our digital world. Absolutely, Jen. The paper we're analyzing discusses the effectiveness and efficiency of two cutting-edge security tools, Interactive Application Security Testing, T, and Runtime Application Self-Protection. For our listeners who aren't familiar, cybersecurity is a bit like digital armor for our software. It's vital for protecting against data breaches and various cyber threats. That's right. And as cyber threats evolve, so do the defense mechanisms. That brings us to this paper, which is significant in its field as it evaluates IEST and RASP tools in a large Java-based system. Before, before we go any further, let me break down some key concepts for our listeners. IAST tools combine elements of Static Application Security Testing, SAST, and Dynamic Application Security Testing. Essentially, they examine an application from the inside out while it's running. On the other hand, RASP tools sit within an application as it runs, aiming to detect and block cyber attacks in real time. Think of it as a bodyguard that intervenes the moment a threat is detected. Perfectly put, Tom. Now onto the paper's methodology. The researchers behind this study applied IEST and RASP to an open-source Java-based application named OpenMRS. They used this as a real-world laboratory to assess the tools. They did this by comparing these tools to others, like SAST, 
DAST, and even manual penetration testing using what they called exploratory and systematic manual penetration testing techniques. And when it comes to key results, the paper shows IAST performing quite impressively, second best in both effectiveness and efficiency, detecting and preventing cyber threats. However, RASP had a narrower focus, effectively preventing only a specific type of cyber threat, injection attacks. As for impact, these findings could significantly guide practitioners in securing their applications by helping them make more informed choices about the security tools they use. Wrapping up, this paper stands out for its in-depth comparison of IST and RASP with established security techniques in a real-world setting. It also reflects on their practicality for practitioners, emphasizing the dynamic nature of cybersecurity. And that, dear listeners, brings us to a close on today's episode. We've unpacked a paper that provides valuable insights into some of the most sophisticated tools in the cybersecurity arena. Join us next time as we continue to unravel the intricacies of impactful research. Has your application turned into an all-you-can-eat buffet for hackers? Worry no more. Introducing Shield It All, the breakthrough product born from a groundbreaking paper comparing IST and RASP tools. Imagine a security guard who ate too much spinach. That's Shield It All for your Java-based applications. It not only spots sneaky cyber threats doing the limbo under your digital fence, but also slaps them with a virtual fly swatter. Protecting from SQL injections like a digital vaccine against the common cold. Shield It All, where your app doesn't just run, it runs on an obstacle course away from cyber threats. And if you call, within the next 10 minutes, we'll throw in a year's supply of virtual no trespassing signs. Shield your software, secure your sanity. Shield it all, because who doesn't love a digital superhero? Terms and conditions apply. Cyber villains not included. Welcome, dear listeners, to another enlightening episode of our podcast, where we dive deep into the world of educational science and digital learning platforms. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. Today, we're analyzing an intriguing piece of research titled An Experimental Study of Satisfaction Response, Evaluation of Online Collaborative Learning, authored by Shusen Cheng, Shuin Wang, Jiangqing Huang, and Alex Zarifis. This paper, published in the International Review of Research in Open and Distributed Learning in January 2016, examines the effectiveness of thinklets in online collaborative learning and the impact on participants' satisfaction, utilizing the framework of yield shift theory, or YST. Why is this paper significant, you ask? As we've seen in recent years, online learning has become increasingly prevalent. Collaborative learning within this digital realm presents both unprecedented opportunities and a unique set of challenges. Yes, and while researchers have developed many methods to enhance online learning quality, including supportive technologies like web-based systems, understanding how these tools affect learner satisfaction is crucial for the continual improvement of online education. Our main focus today will be on exploring the impact that thinklets these digital tools for designing highly effective collaborative processes have on online collaborative learning. We'll look at how their integration affects student satisfaction using YST, which is a causal theory explaining inner satisfaction mechanisms. Now, before we sink our teeth into the study itself, let's get you up to speed with some key concepts. Firstly, 
thinklets, which have been around for over a decade, are essentially packets of fine-tuned collaboration patterns that facilitate online group work and are embedded within Group Support Systems, or GSS. As for YST, it's a theory that provides a model explaining inner satisfaction responses as a function of participants' utility and perceived likelihood of achieving their goals. It posits that satisfaction is not due to yield at any given moment, but rather due to shifts in perceived yield. With those concepts in mind, let's delve into the core of this research. The experiment included 113 university students in Beijing, divided into two groups to collaborate online on a simulated class project. One group used thinklets and GSS, and the other did not. Satisfaction responses were later analyzed to see if thinklets indeed improved the online learning experience. The methodology was sound, with detailed survey instruments measuring satisfaction with the process and outcome, as well as utility and likelihood shifts. The study's key findings? Satisfaction was indeed higher in the thinklets group. Reflecting on the implications of this research, it's apparent that integrating thinklets into online collaborative learning platforms can lead to higher satisfaction rates among learners. This could significantly influence the design and functionality of collaborative learning software in the future. And in conclusion, the study reinforces the validity of thinklets as a powerful tool in the realm of online collaborative learning. It also opens up new avenues for future research, suggesting that we can continue to explore and innovate within the online educational landscape. It's a compelling discussion we've had today, a real journey through the digital landscape of learning. What are your reflections, Jen? Tom, this paper speaks volumes about the future of online education. It's fascinating to see how psychological theories like YST can translate into practical tools that measurably improve learning outcomes. Absolutely, Jen. Well, that's all the time we have today. What a stimulating exploration it's been. We hope we've illuminated the complexities and potential of online collaborative learning for you, our dear listeners. Until next time, keep curious and never stop learning. This is Jen. And this is Tom, signing off. See you on the next Deep Dive. Have you ever found yourself snoozing through an online class? Wishing there was some magical way to zap some life into your Zoom session? Introducing Think Tank NATO, the revolutionary online learning enhancement tool born from the dazzling research paper we've just discussed. With our patented Thinklet Storm, that's right, an entire storm of Thinklets engage with your virtual classmates in ways once thought impossible. The synergy, the creativity, it's practically academic anarchy. Psychology meets technology creating an explosive cocktail of satisfaction that'll have your learning experience soaring through the digital stratosphere. Group projects will never be a drag again. Zap, a thinklet for brainstorming. Pow, another for organizing. Kaboom, even one for collect nap taking. Just kidding, or are we? Order now, and we'll throw in our exclusive YST Moodometer. Are you achieving your goals? Are you satisfied? Are you more confused than when you started? The Moodometer knows all. Think Tank NATO, turn your online learning experience from meh to mind-blowing. Disclaimer, Think Tank NATO is not responsible for any actual tornadoes or storm-related incidents. Please think responsibly. Visit thinktanknato.edu to enroll in your free trial now. And remember, when in doubt, think it out with Think Tank NATO.